Welcome to the Berkhamsted Spotlight, Berkhamsted School's podcast channel. Join our weekly guests from inside the classroom to behind the scenes of our day-to-day -day activities through to life beyond Berkhamsted School. Find out what it's really like to be part of our remarkable community. This is the Berkhamsted Spotlight, the podcast showcasing a remarkable community. And today I'm super excited for you to hear this. We're speaking to James Rodwell, pupil at the school from 1991 to 2002. But after leaving the school, he stepped into professional rugby. He's England's most capped rugby sevens player, an Olympic silver medalist, and he was a head coach for the England women's sevens team. And now he's back as a rugby coach at Berkhamsted. So we're going to find out his experience being a boy at the school where he went to university but also all about his professional career traveling the world and I ask him what it's like to play rugby in front of 85,000 people that's a number I can't quite get my head around but we also find out what this means for him now that he's working at the school and more importantly what that means for the pupils whether or not you're into rugby this is a great episode and I know you're going to love it so come with me now as we speak to professional rugby player coach and member of staff at Berkhamsted it's James Rodwell. James, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Yeah, very good, Simon. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to this today. Well, it's good to have you here, especially on a Monday morning. How was your weekend, first of all? Weekend was good. Um, so it was on the back of uh, a busy week of, of Rugby Sevens at Roslyn Park. So weekend was spent with family. Um, my, my two sons playing rugby on a Sunday morning in the rain was uh, was a good refresher. <laughs> nice. How old are your sons? Uh, I've got two boys who are eight and six. Awesome. What, what's it like seeing them play rugby, given your whole experience in life of playing rugby? Yeah, it's, it's, it's great to see them get involved in the sport that I love. It's interesting because they... Uh, wanted to play themselves like obviously they knew that I'd played rugby and, and then gone on to coach it but I was quite keen not to sort of funnel them down that route to, to want them to play rugby straight away and I left it for them to decide when they wanted to start and my eldest came home from school one day and said he wanted to try it so we found which which club would be most suited to him and also have the ability to have his younger brother there as well. How did you feel when he came home and he said that he wanted to try it? <laughs> yeah, obviously happy for him to try. But I think when I look back at uh, me and my youth, it was all around being active and outdoors. And that's all I want for my, my children as well, is for them to be happy and active outside and, and want to be um, playing with with any sports so um they, they did other sports already and and sort of for me rugby was just another sort of tick in that list as opposed to be desperate for them to do it well i'm dying to know more about that so we're going to unpack that a little bit later on but uh you're you're berkhamsted as a as a rugby coach so you you've returned to the school because you were at the school as a pupil of course but tell me first of all how long you've been at the school for and how how you ended up back at the school yeah, so I was a former pupil. Um, I've been coaching this term, so for the three months from January to, to now, um, came back in as, as sort of a, a rugby sevens coach, really. So trying to help the ages from under 13 up to the to the senior sixth form team, the first seven, um, to get ready for the national sevens, which has, has just happened, um, which has it's been great. Uh, it came about from our reunion, actually. So I had my 20-year school reunion just before Christmas and 
had a good conversation with with Joe Villa, who I went to school with, who is still obviously working at the school as well. And she said there may be an opportunity if I was interested. So I kind of had a bit after a couple of glasses of wine at the uh, the conversation carried on, and uh, and, and we continued it um, a few days after. So um, I mean, it was something that. Um, I'd always wanted to look into was getting into some school coaching and and I think through my playing career sort of when you look at what options are after you finish it's it's certainly something that I had considered so the chance to come and do that and obviously at an environment where I'd, I'd been a part of as well was was something that was I was really excited about. Must have been a bit of a strange feeling though accepting a job back at the school that you went to as a boy. Yeah definitely I, I kind of that first day back in it was a very strange feeling of being in a familiar territory but in a very unfamiliar role and all the buildings or most of the buildings were still the same some of them have changed uses and I still had to kind of figure out where where everything was a little bit but the sense of uh, returning to somewhere where I'd spent a large part of my childhood was was kind of made things a little bit easier. I suppose you're not you don't have that complete nervousness of the first day of a new job. You're, mm. you're going into mm. a place that you feel uh, comfortable with, but um, a chance to meet lots of new people, the staff, and obviously all the all the children once I started coaching. And are there many staff or any staff at all who are there now? Who were there when you were when when you were a boy at the school? Yeah, there's there's a couple still around uh, which I've bumped into, which has been which has been really nice to catch up with them. But uh, I, I think because of since I left school, I have stayed uh, connected with the school at different things, uh, different sporting events, and I've come across quite a few of the the staff along those lines. So it was kind of bumping into them and just sort of sort of having a nice catch up, really. Well, in a moment, I'm going to ask you about your experience at school. But of course, without giving away your age too much, what year did you leave school? I left in 2002. Okay. And wh- where did you go to after you left? Yeah, so I finished, finished school, went straight up to Birmingham University and studied a business degree. Um, and then following that, uh, signed with a local rugby club or Mosey Rugby Club who were in the second tier of um, English rugby at the time. So I spent a few years there before joining up with England Sevens. Now, doing a business degree feels very different to playing rugby. <laughs> what was that all about? Yeah, so my family had a um, a family-run drinks business that had been in the in our family for a, a number of generations. And I think going through school, I always thought that I would follow my father's footsteps into that business. Um, it, it wasn't to be the, the the company. Unfortunately, went into administration not long after I finished university. But I, th- I suppose at that point, I was already starting to look at uh, a, a career in rugby and what that could look like. So I had a, bit, a few options. But I, I think with a business degree, it it does give you an all rounded view on on how things are run and how to manage things. And, and I, I suppose going into the coaching role that I had after playing, it, it definitely helped in in a lot of aspects with that. And it's something that I. I'm glad that I went to university to do. Um, I think looking back at it now, the degree could have been other things as well. But I think business was something I already, always had an interest in because it was a part of our family growing up. Now, I don't know a great deal about professional rugby players when they stop playing rugby professionally. But but what I do know is that some of them do end up starting their own business in coaching and that kind of thing or consultancy as well. Is that something that ever occurred to you? So when I when I finished playing, I had a year of player coaching at at England level. So um, I started to learn that trend, uh, well, the coaching environment and the transition from playing into into that. I think as a player, I never thought that coaching was going to be a a career option for me after rugby. I think when you're when you're playing, you're so absorbed and, and fully 
focused on what you're doing as a player and you always look at the coaches going oh I'm not sure I would do it quite like that or do that but you'd ever think oh you know what I really want to go down that route I think sometimes when you've put everything and all your energy into playing a lot of people just want to take a step away and and look at something else and I think with with sport you have a lot of downtime and I think that's probably why a lot of people go into their own businesses or set things up themselves because they've got time to think about what it is that they might want to do um I think the also the realization to go from an outdoor sport like rugby where you're training really hard with with friends to going into say an office environment where you're sat behind a computer all day is is such a big contrast that I think people try and find ways to look at other types of environments that they could get into Um, but for me Mm. the coaching was one that um, I thoroughly enjoyed a lot and a lot more than I thought I would so it's something Mm. I wanted to look into more and pursue and I, I suppose I got the opportunity to do it while still playing so it gave me a, mm. a sort of dipping my toe in the water type feeling where you could I could see it and see how I could then help people so I transitioned to into that role where I was still training to play international rugby but I was also learning to coach I was coaching with the men and the women's team so mm. lots of learnings mm. from that year though I, I mean the, trying to coach your mates is a is a definitely a tough one <laughs> <laughs> I can well believe I can well believe Okay, so we know that you left the school in 2002. What what year did you join? Do you remember? Uh, so 91, I think. So I, I went right through from prep school all the way through to sixth form. So I spent 11 years at the school. Yeah, loads of, loads of good memories and, and friends that I'm still in touch with today. Not surprising to hear you had good memories because clearly if you're working back there again, <laughs> then it'd be strange if you had very bad memories. But tell us about your own personal experience of being at the school as a pupil. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I've definitely got positive memories from the school. Spent all my time, all my school life there. So people I met on day one, I'm still friends with today. And I think that's a a massive testament to how the school is and the environment that's created that, that, that not only are you working hard in the classroom, but you're also getting opportunities outside of that, with whether it be on the sports field or um, extracurricular things like Duke of Edinburgh or those opportunities to create relationships with with your your friends all the way through. And, you know, I really look forward to the two reunions we've had, the 10-year and the 20-year, where it's a real chance to see people that I might not have stayed in touch with as much as others. A good group of us went back for both of those reunions, but almost had the the feeling that we wouldn't sort of spend much time speaking to each other because we do that anyway outside of sort of life now. So it's just really, for me, just that the, the relationships built through both academic and sporting sort of opportunities w- was amazing mm. for me. And um, I think that's that's the big thing that I've seen as when going back to the school now is just the, the number of different opportunities that the children have to participate in different types of sports is, is fantastic. And I mean, I, I was someone who wanted to play all different types of sports at school. And actually, rugby probably wasn't my best best sport at school. It was it was one that I was a bit of a late developer, and we probably talk about that oh, a bit wow. more later. But um, yeah, so so what was your best sport in that case? Yeah, I, th- I think I mean I, I was only literally, as I said, tried tried everything. You, if you offered me a sport to try, I'd jump at the chance, and I, I loved I loved that sort of sporting um, environment that was created at the school. But I think Eton Fives was probably probably my most successful at school, um, mm. which is quite a unique sport, but um, one that I, yeah my dad played as well, and one we just yeah really enjoyed playing the challenge of it. But um, 
yeah, I, th I think with the way that the school's structured, it, it gives you opportunities to do different sports and different terms. And I think that was the thing that I really enjoyed is you'd spend a term doing one thing and you'd, you'd really get it stuck into it. And then you'd go back after the break and you get to do a different sport and things like that for me. It's just, yeah, it's great. And tell me about how the school supported you with your with your rugby career as well. Yeah, so I, th I think looking looking back at that from a rugby point of view, the, the obviously the growth throughout the years, going from year to year, different coaches, different different styles of, of coaching as well with people was definitely helps you. But the the thing I remember most is just the fact that all the teachers who teach you in the classroom then go on to go onto the field and help you help you with your sport, and they've got a real passion to want to help you get better, and and, and that and that was definitely something that I remember, but. Going back to the opportunities that that we had, like the the rugby tour that we went on, we went to New Zealand and Fiji on rugby tour, and you know some of those memories I've got from that are incredible. And a school tour is is amazing. There was thirty of us, I think, that went all the way around New Zealand, different different parts of it, and you know spending so much time together when you're on tour is you get to know people re like really well. But yeah, mm -hmm. I, th I, th I think it's just the the support definitely comes from. The coach is wanting to help people get better, and I think that's a that's a really good quality to have as a as a coach. But it must be very different now, given that you know you you, you talk about New Zealand, and and I imagine there are some other countries that you went to as well. So what's it like now being sort of in Berkhamsted, which is clearly a much smaller place than some of the other places you could have gone to, and and instead of flying to places like New Zealand, you're you're instead you're you're driving into school every day. Some people might think that that's sort of taking some of the glamour out of your life. But how do you feel about that? Oh, I look back at my career and I spent 15 years traveling the world, playing and coaching rugby to all, all parts of the globe. And when I look back at it, those those memories are always going to be with me. Uh, I think one thing it does do is it makes you realize when you have a, a family that being away from home a lot is a, is a challenge. And when you're in professional sports, it's, it's so all-encompassing that sometimes you don't have enough bandwidth to be able to to do everything and often when you're away it's you're so so focused on on that elite level performance that and the time difference and things like that that you, you don't actually get to connect that much with your family when they're back at home and you know you're trying to support as best you can from afar but you realize you're also you've got players to support from a coaching point of view and you're you're looking at like the analysis and the performance side of things so I think for me I'd I'd, I'd spent 12 years on the playing side of things with the transition into coaching as well. And I, I'd, I'd got to a point where, yes, I could have carried on doing that. And, and I loved I loved that environment. I love the elite level coaching and, and playing, but I also love my family. And that and that's a massive part of what drives me as a person is, is being able to spend time with them and, and actually help them be the best they can be. So mm. that, that was one of the reasons I stepped away from, from elite level sports at, at, at this time. And I think it's just nice to be able to, now share those experiences and and things I've learned over that time with with both the the pupils at the school, but also some of the other staff members with the conversations that I've had over this term. And what were some of the biggest crowds that you played in front of then? Uh, yeah, so probably the biggest would be a sellout at Twickenham. So back then it was about eighty five thousand people, um, all in wow. fancy dress, um, yeah, ha having the time of their life. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you you can't hear each other on the pitch when it's when it's that loud and that, that many people, and mm. it just creates this atmosphere which you just want to be a part of and thrive in. Um, I think 
the the thing that you have to rely on in those moments is the the trust that you've done in training and the preparation that you've done beforehand to know that you're all on the same page to be able to deliver the performances and you're you're doing a lot of uh, visual connections as opposed to actually sort of listening and using your voice so yeah um but yeah so I mean, I, i'm i'm really fortunate to have traveled the world and played in some amazing places and at some some amazing events as well um so yeah it's been been, been a good journey but how does it actually feel when you're in front of 85,000 people and and they're all watching you? And and at times when when you've got the ball and you're running and you know that there are 85,000 pairs of eyes that are watching you at that point. So I, th- I think you, you kind of zone that bit out really easily. Um, when you're standing in the tunnel before running out, you, you can obviously see all the all the people in the crowd. Mm. Um, you, you don't really see faces. It's sort of a, a bit of a blur. You run onto the pitch and then ultimately it's what's your job? What's the first job you're going to do? And it's around the kickoff and uh, making sure you get that first bit right. And then you sort of roll into the game. And the only time you then realise that there's a massive crowd watching you is little stoppages of play or at the end of the game you're, you're so focused on your roles and what you're doing and the speed of the oh, game wow. is so quick so yeah, um, yeah. You, you do hear the noise lift like if something exciting happens but ultimately that just kind of gives you a spur of energy as opposed to you going oh my god there's i, I forgot there's eighty five thousand here <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably I mean, a good thing as well really yeah, isn't it mm. i mean the 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 crowd is is what makes sport really special, both watching it and being a part of it. So I think you try and channel that energy into your performances. You, you don't try and think of anything negative that goes with it about pressure and, and letting people down and things like that. You try and mm. push all of that aside and it's you focus so much on what you're there to do and what your role is and how you're going to be the best version of yourself. Now, you mentioned earlier about being in touch with some of your friends from school. But tell me about the teachers that you had back then, in particular regarding sport or rugby, of course, and how they kind of inspired you, I'm guessing, to go on and do what you did. Yeah, I suppose um, probably the, the main teacher that's he's only, only just retired actually from the school after 35 years, I think it was, but Graham Birchnell, oh, wow. uh, massive influence on my uh, sporting career, but also just me as a person as well. So he was uh, one of my housemasters, my geography teacher and my rugby coach uh, mm. at different times throughout the school. So, um, and I'm still in touch with him today. He, he ran a very successful uh, sevens tournament at the school as well, which I used to try and go back to and, 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 uh, and help him with a little bit of being a part of that and hand out some of the prizes when I'd finished. But he, he's someone who, um, as I said, he just wanted the best for people. He, he put so much effort and energy into helping others um, and mm-hmm. helping them try and achieve their potential. And back when he was coaching me, I, I was, as I said, rugby wasn't wasn't my best sport at school. I was often in the B team in rugby and it wasn't until I got a little bit older towards I was about around 16, 15, 16 that I really developed. I loved playing rugby, but I, I was probably not not the best at, in, the, in the school at it. And I think if you'd have said to me, anyone back then would I have had the career that I've had I don't think many people would have believed you I think it's something that I've evolved and grown into but it's very easy for me to remember those times and those those, the likes of Birchie who've who've helped me along the way to to try and realize my potential and, and try and believe in myself really and how does it make you feel now that you're in that position and there are there are boys who are looking to you now as it's it's always quite strange as the coach when you um when when you're when you're there and you're you're trying to now pass on uh, words of wisdom or experiences to try and help them be better and I think I just whatever the age I'm coaching I, I sort of have that philosophy of of just trying to pass on that knowledge and experience that I've learned over the years and I I think for me I try and 
connect with them in the way to say, look, I was once in your shoes. I was at this school. I've been through this journey. I understand the importance of the academic side, but also the importance of having that release on the sports field and mm. try and try and just share with them, you know, like they, they know what I've done from a, from a playing point of view and try and say to them, you know, look, you might not be, you might not be the best you are right now. You might not have fulfilled your potential. Like me, I wasn't, I was in the B team at your age, for example. And that hopefully mm. can just sort of, share with them that belief that actually I can keep working hard. I can keep trying. I can keep pushing myself because it might be something around physical development or something like that, that might be holding them back at this stage, but they might, as long as they've got the want and desire to, to keep getting better, there's no sort of stopping them improving. And I think it's really easy at school level with so many people playing sports to say that, ah, oh, I'm in the B team or the C team. Like what's the point? But actually mm. it's, why do we play sport in the first place and how do we, how do we use it to get enjoyment from being outside and, and playing with our friends and, and just having a good time really. And I think once you get that enjoyment side and you realize why you're doing something, you have this inner motivation that makes you want to get better and, and keep doing it. Oh, I love that. That sounds fantastic. James, well, I'm keeping an eye on time. We need to bring this episode to a close in a moment, but I got two other short questions to ask you. One, well, both of these are questions we ask everybody. The first one is, what have you changed your mind about over the last couple of years? Yeah, so I, I think probably change of mind and mindset has probably come from when I changed from being a player to a coach. Mm. I, I think for me, when I transitioned into that coaching role, I, I thought it would be relatively easy coaching people that I knew really well because I'd spent so much time with them both on and off the field. Mm. Um, I think the big thing I had to change was actually from a coaching point of view to get the best out of someone, you've got to really understand them. So I kind of used a, a bit of terminology for me and very simple, but I needed to learn the learners better. Okay. I, needed to, I needed to understand what motivated them and what their reasons for doing something was. I knew them as a friend, as a, a bloke, but I didn't really understand them and why mm. they were here and why they were doing what they were doing. Mm. And I think sort of, highlighted to me the importance of not just having a friendship or a, but really understanding that relationship and investing time in people to get the best out of them and that sort of empathetic side of you that is really important to show that you care um mm. to get the best out of people you've got to have that strength of of relationship and I mean, I, I quickly realized that after a few months that actually I, I didn't know these guys that well and, and when I mm. sort of took that further I think and I started coaching the women as well. I think that that for me was massive to say, right, I've learned that early on and I really want to invest time in knowing these people and understand what motivates them and, and what they want mm -hmm. to achieve ultimately. Because if, if you can find out that path as early as possible, you can help navigate them and use, then you can use your experience and knowledge to try and help develop them. James, great answer. And then final question, what would you say has been your remarkable moment at Birkenstead? <laughs> uh, so this, this is a... A, a long-standing story myth legend from from Birchie that he, oh, okay. he he used to he used to tell the tell the guys uh, that he was coaching who were coming through um so as i said I, I wasn't the wasn't the best at rugby um growing up um as, as i was going through the school i loved the game but um i did have a bit of a light bulb moment which was in an under 16 training session with him and uh, we were doing a, a live contact gate like training game and one of the guys at school, a guy called Paul Goss, was was the standout player. He was our captain in the team, and um, I put in quite a big tackle on him. And it was kind of that that mindset or belief change from me that oh, I can actually do it. I can make a tackle. I can do that against 
someone who's perceived to be one of the best players at the school. And mm. I think that that moment for me was that that changing point where I, you know, I, I grew in belief, I grew, grew in stature to say that, you know, not necessarily saying that was the point that I realised I was going to be a professional rugby player, but it, it made me have a bit more belief about what I could do in, in, in all walks of life, really. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably my, my moment that I remember most about um, sort of something that's changed that school that, that's given me huge amount of belief to do whatever I want to do, whatever I put my mind to. Really good. James, been great hearing about your time at school. It's great seeing you now back in school. <laughs> and it's also been great talking to you this morning. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Simon. I really enjoyed that. Thanks. So that was James Rodwell, coach at Berkhamstead with a fantastic career history going on there. You know, one of the best things about my job is being able to speak to people like James. We carried on talking after the recording finished and I can tell you it's clear that he is deeply passionate about both rugby and coaching young people. So the pupils at school are definitely in very good hands. James, thank you for your time. It's been great talking to you. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.